Cool 97 Radio Singles live on the nation school at Cool 97 FM and we are stepping into our talk segment if you're joining us via the world wide web thank you ever so much for keeping our company as we are keeping yours wherever you are and we are hoping that this talk segment will prove to be helpful for you for those persons who are listening via the good old radio thank you so much again for keeping cool 97 fm in your ear for those persons who want to text in tonight you can snore or should i say whatsapp because i'm not going to be opening the um the whatsapp line it's going to be the text line and you can send me your um whatsapp rather and you can send me those whatsapp on 3457246 that's 3457246 or during the commercial break you can actually give me a call on 9787388 that's 9787388 so Dr. Hardy is back with us tonight again and I want to thank him so much for taking time out of his busy schedule to come and chit chat with us to have class with us to teach us to inform us not to scare us <laughs> but from time to time you have us thinking doc so um welcome back and so we're moving on um we started off by the series what we did was was it menopause then we moved fibroids. fibroids and then the menopause then menopause and now we're at endometriosis, endometriosis. Good night and good night DJ Dre and good night to listeners everywhere. Yes, and I must say <clears throat> that um the Cool 97 FM listeners have gravitated towards you and they love your company. <laughs> I love theirs too. And, <laughs> <laughs> they love your company. Um and so let us start out by looking at the definition of endometriosis. Okay. Uh any understanding of the term endometriosis has to go back to the roots of the word. You know, when they have the spelling bee contests and the contestants ask the quiz master, "And what is the root of that, sir?" Mhm. All right. So endometriosis gets it gets its um name from the word endometrium which is the tissue which lines the inner part of the womb it is the part of the womb which is shed every month as the period when this tissue is found in places outside of the womb you have endometriosis so it could be on the surface of the uterus it could be on the fallopian tubes it could be on the ovaries it could be on the pelvic side walls or any other other pelvic organs and rarely but very significantly it can be found in places distant to the pelvis it could be found for example in the brain in the lungs I hope I'm not frightening you you see I, I mentioned the word frightened and there <laughs> and I'm like I, 
I honestly I did not know but not not to move away from the from from the the meat of the matter brain how all right well it, it comes down to the causation slash formation of your endometriosis first of all endometriosis is considered a disease of theories in that there's no specific theory which explains its origin. Uh, and the long and short is that we probably don't really know. However, various theories have been um, promulgated and they each seem to explain certain varieties of endometriosis, but no one theory explains them all. Um, a, a very common theory, for example, is what we call retrograde menstruation, whereby during the menses, the effluent, which is the period, does not only go through the cervix and into the vagina to the outdoors, but it can go backwards through the tubes and into the pelvis. This, of course, apart from contributing to the period pains, could cause endometriotic tissue to get deposited in the pelvis anywhere. Mm -hmm. So this is one of the theories. There is the coelomic induction theory where due to alleged, and I say alleged in guardedly, um, hormonal influences, you may get development of endometrial endometriosis or endometriotic tissue in the tissue of the pelvis and the pelvic sidewalls as a consequence of induction by hormonal influences. There's an embryonic theory, which again is governed by hormonal influences, and um, this can cause endometriotic tissue to develop uh, lots of times in distant areas uh, where the body fails to recognize itself because if you for example were to place an organ in a place where it's not supposed to be the body attacks it mm -hmm. so you could have failure of this happening you could also have the endometriotic tissue being transported through the blood vessel channels and through the lymphatic system, which is one of your, what I want of a better description, your part of your whole sewer system, where you drain the body fluids. It's one of the channels that's used. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you could get endometriotic tissue being dislodged and transported by via the arm. Venous system as well as the lymphatic system, hence a possible explanation for endometriosis occurring in distant places mm -hmm. like the brain or the lungs or wherever, mm -hmm. anywhere. Anywhere. Yes. Mm -hmm. Of course, there are genetic reasons and reasons again coming back to your immune system where your body fails to uh, recognize the tissue. But there's no one explanation for um, 
the various presentations of endometriosis. endometriosis. Who does it affect? Well, <laughs> endometriosis, like many other things, gynecological affects women in the childbearing age group. Uh, more commonly in the age groups 18 to 40, uh, which is quite a, a significant group of persons in your population. It's at the time when most women will be at their peak and you know they are burdened by this problem mm -hmm. mm. how does it occur how does endometriosis occur and then right after that we want mm. to move into the symptoms well we just got into um, the various theories mm -hmm. uh, of how it occurs um, symptoms the commonest symptom for endometriosis is still pain. Severe menstrual pains. Severe pelvic pains. Severe pains with intercourse. Pains and bleeding while passing your urine during the menses. Pains and passing blood while passing your stools during the menses because that's what gives it away because there are other other reasons why you could have blood in your urine or your stools mm -hmm. but occurring at that time only would suggest that you have endometriosis um, you could have pains uh, you know for example at any time though during the cycle whether it's mid-cycle or during the menses itself. Uh, painful intercourse can be a cause of infertility, um, whether it be due to the damage that the endometriosis does to the reproductive structures, or even the absence of intercourse because of the severe pains. Although, to be frank with you, and I'm not sure if this is cultural, and I hope I do not evoke a firestorm, but um, it is one of the questions that I am amazed at how often the patient answers negatively. Painful intercourse. I, I, I'm not sure if there's any cultural overlay where intercourse is expected to be, to pain, be, to be right. painful or not. But um, you have patients responding of the severity of almost all of the other symptoms. You see the reasons why they're having so much pains when you open them. That is at surgery. Mm -hmm. Yet they answer negatively when you ask them about pain within pain. the course. You know, because that, maybe we're cultured has, to think that this is how it is supposed to Th that's that's one of the reasons I, I, I am willing to put forward because it, it just doesn't make sense to me when I see some of these patients. Why isn't sex painful? They even have pains when they examine them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They answer negatively for pains with sex. So anyway, uh, maybe we should leave that alone. We shouldn't change that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, this looks like it needs a psychologist <laughs> running on this one. <laughs> I'm sure. Yes, yes, yes. We, 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 and and sometimes when you listen, not to move away from the 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 the, the topic that we have tonight, but even when you listen to some of the, <clears throat> the songs and the, the the music that speaks to um, intercourse and bedroom kind of a situation, you hear some terms like bullion, a whole heap of rough up business and so therefore maybe with those in mind you think rough up and so when you get a rough up in certain areas this is what you're supposed to feel like so in terms of what is happening to women medically they cannot identify it because we are cultured to believe that um intercourse is supposed to be a particular way and boy, I tell you, as I say, psychologists needed for this one. Let's move on. Anything else outside of pain and 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 Dre over there? Because Dre you know what I'm talking about. You know, anything else apart from pain, any form of bloating, anything that we're mm. overlooking as women? Bloating is not. You would you could have bloating in a mm-hmm. patient with endometriosis, but um, there are so many other reasons why a lady could. Could be bloated during mm-hmm. during our our menstrual cycle, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and cycle is from period to next period. That mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, it, it is difficult to really say that uh, this is a cause. Our endometriosis would be a specific cause, although it can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, your symptoms would be um, endemic. Or um, it would be similar to any of the um, complications which can arise from um, endometriosis. For example, suppose you, for example, have seizures only at the menstrual period. That's how severe the pain is that you end up with. No, no? you might have endometriosis in the brain. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, so you could have symptoms specific for the organ to which it has spread to. You may, for example, have breathing issues only at the period time. Having said that, you know, you may also have no symptoms or a minimal amount of symptoms, and it, it has nothing to do with the extent of the disease. You could have quite advanced endometriosis, especially when you open these patients, yet they, there's a paucity of um, symptoms. Mm-hmm. What about the length of the of of of, of the period? Is uh, it um well, patients who have very short periods or very long periods are at higher risk for endometriosis. Patients who start their periods earlier than others are at greater risk for endometriosis. And in hindsight, people whose menopause comes on later are also at greater risk for endometriosis. Of course, if there's a strong family history, if your mother or your aunt or your sisters have endometriosis, there is a strong likelihood that you might also have endometriosis. I'm just taking in all of that information 
taking everything in. So you're saying that women who go into later menopause, because the last time we were here and we were talking about um, menopause and also fibroids, you're, you say that you were noticing for whatever reason yes. and that women were moving later into, into, into menopause. I hear you, you are listening. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> And so you're saying that we are prone to endometriosis. Exactly. Oh, dear. Go to the top of the class. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to say, oh, dear. Yes. Oh, dear. I'm learning. I'm learning. Um, so we're looking at some of the symptoms. Anything else um, that we should pay attention to? It usually is the pain, the pains, you know. Mm -hmm. It usually is the pains, and these pains now could manifest itself in several areas, as we had mentioned before. It could occur in the reproductive tract. It could occur in the gastrointestinal tract. That is your your intestines, your bowels, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You could have diarrhea. You could vomit. Um, you could have frequency of urination mm -hmm. if there's an involvement in the genital urinary system. So your symptoms, by and large, would be dependent on the affected organ. Mm-hmm. Let me turn my attention to all our friends joining us on the World Wide Web. <clears throat> Thank you ever so much, Ian. You're there. Thank you so much, Fung. How are you doing? Purpose seven Hello, one five. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know that Ian will be out. This, uh, well, I'm not seeing any other uh, men inside the Mixalar chat room. They're there, but they're very silent. Ian is very active. Uh, Tanya, thank you so much. All our listeners locked on wherever you are. Thank you so much for keeping Kuh ninety seven FM in your ear. So let's move on with our conversation. Complications. Well, complications again are going to be um, dependent on the um, organ involved. Um, you may, for example, have your painful periods again painful intercourse, um, not being able to become pregnant. Mm -hmm. But that seemed to be an issue or a topic, I should say, um, a well, concern, a fear. You so many words I'm using for women with endometriosis. Well, 30% of all women who have infertility issues mm -hmm. do have endometriosis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it probably is the cause of their infertility. Mm -hmm. So um, it is something that one has to um, bear in mind with these patients. Yeah. I remember uh, someone that is close to me um, was telling me about her friend who was told that because of um, endometriosis, she may not be able to conceive. And um, she went into almost a state of depression. depression. Yes, that can yes. happen. But yes. um, I would encourage that person, though, to seek out whatever, first of all, to establish a diagnosis, to seek out whatever treatments that are possible. And we must remember that um, concept, conceiving 
is um, not impossible in patients with endometriosis. Mm -hmm. In fact, quite a number of people with mild to moderate um, endometriosis will still conceive. In fact, conception is one of the um, suggested um, treatments. You know. For endometriosis? Yeah. Oh. Oh, you hear that, Dre? Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. Stop. Really? Yes. <laughs> and, and it, it, because of the whole mechanism of how endometriosis affects the body. Because it causes adhesions, organs sticking to each other. Mm hmm so this would fall under the complications. Um, you can, for example, get blockage of the tubes. The ovaries might be bogged down with these fibrous tissue we call adhesions. So the egg is not released or does not find itself in the space where it can be sucked up like a vacuum mm -hmm. by, by the tubes. It sometimes causes inflammatory reactions to occur which are hostile to the eggs and the sperm so no fertilization occurs but it also does occur fertility that is in some patients but some it does not going to happen mm -hmm. and these people may have to seek um, assisted reproductive technologies, that is the test your baby program. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Any more complications that we need to, to look at? The complications would go um, along with the target organ or organs involved. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have spoken about the pelvic organs. We have intimated that endometriosis could occur in any organ and the treatment might be specific for that particular organ. I mean it's not for example inconceivable that a cardiothoracic surgeon might get involved if you have endometriosis in your lungs. It's not inconceivable that the neurosurgeon might get involved because you see what happens you know all of these tissue are subjected to your hormonal influences every month. But these tissue do have no when they bleed, the blood do have nowhere to go. So it sits there and it generates a chronic inflammatory response. Now at least in the pelvis the blood usually comes out. And I didn't say usually likely. Because one of the reasons why some people may develop endometriosis if there is any condition which obstructs the outflow of the period. That would, of course, come back to our theory of retrograde menstruation. But you having an endometriotic deposit, say, in your head, the blood will have anywhere to go. So at period time now, and things get active on you bleeding because the hormonal situation in your body has changed so this tissue is supposed to now shed and bleed but you don't know where to go so it stays there and it builds up with time each period sometimes the symptoms get worse 
and worse. And you may very well, if you're lucky enough, find yourself in the care of a specialist other than a gynecologist. Mm. But how many how many women though? Because this is rare though, you know. So I, I, I hope I'm not frightening. Yeah, because I was just about to ask <laughs> because. <laughs> I really and truly did not know this. Mm-hmm. And that is why I'm saying how many women out there, and this is throwing this out to our, our listeners, um, Shea 48, principal of um, Mixelar Inside Singles Live, and our listeners locked on, Tanya, um, how many of you knew this, that um, endometriosis could occur in the lungs and the brain. Anywhere. Or anywhere. Anywhere. In the body. Because when you hear the word endometriosis, you think of your reproductive organ. You don't think brain and thing there. And so therefore you have women who may be having um, during the period maybe having maybe severe, severe, severe headache. And they, and, and, and that is well uh, all right. F- finish your no finish and, your and, and I was Right, and it could be something like that occurring, and yeah. you're not thinking. Although the commonest cause of um, headaches during the menses is something called menstrual migraine. Mm-hmm. Thankfully. Thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> thankfully. Thankfully. Yeah, but that one out of how many? It could be. Could be that. Yes. I mean, yeah. If it gets more severe, you start having other symptoms suggestive that there's something occupying space in your head. Like you're getting headaches, seizures, you start having vomiting. Memory loss. Memory loss, visual loss. Although migraine can do that too. Mm -hmm. So we're going to give you a little bit of time. Um, Tanya is saying you're never too uh, old to learn. Um, Shea 48 said had no clue. Um, Very foreign to me as well. So... School we are tonight. It's a minute after 10 o'clock. Singles live on the Nation School Est, Cool 97 FM. Going to take a break and give you some time to absorb all of that information that we have garnered tonight inside Singles Live, courtesy of Dr. Hardy. We are going to take a break. Let me do this. And... Um, We'll be right back. West West Coast, Cool 97 FM is in your ear on 97.1 FM. Westmoreland, keep that cool vibe. Don't touch that dial. Singles Live on the Nation School Est, Go 97 FM, and we are still inside the talk segment. We're talking endometriosis, and tonight we have with us OBGYN Dr. Milton Hardy. This talk segment and the portion of this talk segment is brought to you by Evergrow Garden Center. When you want it to grow, call the pro. 
They are the experts located at 12 South Avenue in Kingston. Let them help you master your home gardening skills, nurture beautiful, healthy plants. It's the perfect way to de-stress while you mold the gift of your green thumb and encourage the love of nature in your family. And you can call 8769069916 or 8769069160. For details, I want to say welcome to Sheba one two three four five. Mara, how are you? Um, thank you so much for joining in. So let's continue. We were looking at complications, and now we want to get happy. Yeah, we want to move into a happier place, Doc. We want to talk about treatments. Before we move into treatments, so I think we need to go into the diagnosis yes um, endometriosis how do we make this diagnosis mm-hmm. um, well all diagno- diagnoses are made from a careful history and um, a detailed examination and then your investigations so you're going to be one looking out for the um, history from the patient um, bearing in mind the heavy overlay one has to place in dating their symptoms to the time of their menses because that that tends to give it away apart from the painful intercourse uh, which is getting worse you may have pelvic pains which are unprovoked Um, the patients may or may not have symptoms with regards to problems with the urine or the stools, the, the bloating, the vomiting, the diarrhea, that sort of thing. Um, on examination, you may actually um, elicit pains. You could, for example, see f- feel endometriotic um, deposits on the internal genitalia, things like your cardinal ligaments. This goes into the anatomy. These are sort of ligaments which help to suspend your reproductive structures in place. You may feel what we call a deep infiltrating nodule, which would be an endometriotic deposit, which is also usually painful, coming into what we call the pouch of Douglas. Essentially, it is an area between the rectum and the back of the uterus. Remember now, the uterus is an organ in the pelvis sandwiched in front by the bladder and behind by the rectum. And you can have um, disease processes occurring in these spaces. So you, you, you may have findings to that effect. Um, interestingly, coming back to one of the theories of how... Um, endometriosis occurs you could have signs of endometriosis in scars Mm -hmm. a previous Mm -hmm. cesarean section for example you could actually have endometriosis developing in the scar yes from spillage of endometrial tissue during the surgery can also happen in cases of hysterectomy where the ovaries are not both taken And why I emphasize that is that estrogens are the driver 
for endometriosis. So if there's a source that drives estrogen, this can occur, even though the womb is gone. Because endometriosis is not, not really caused by a uterine issue. It's caused by estrogenic or ovarian situations. You could have, for example, implantation of endometriotic tissue at the site of an episiotomy. Now, an episiotomy, for those of us who might not know what an episiotomy is, is the slit you give a lady when she's delivering to give her more space to facilitate the delivery of the baby. But endometriotic tissue could come down when you deliver in the placenta and get implanted there and grow uh, like any other seed you throw on fertile soil. So, you know, you could rarely see that. Uh, but um, we, we need to mention that because that is actually real. And I am... <laughs> and it is not a laughing matter, but as I said, I am... I am absorbing everything um, and let me just take a break and turn my attention um, to, to Shay 48 and Shay is asking Doc um, can endometriosis be confused as fibroids um, it can and I'll tell you why, why, why it can um, part of the differential diagnosis of uterine fibroids and differential diagnosis just means it's one of the possible things that you could have in a patient giving a history and having examination findings which could be suggestive that there might be a fibroid is that yes you could have an ovarian cyst yeah we'll do ovarian cysts one day Mm -hmm. As a consequence of endometriosis, these cysts we call endometriomas or chocolate cysts. And they undergo all of the possibilities that one could get from an ovarian cyst accident, but that will be for another program. Um, so yes, the answer to what she's saying is yes. Yeah. And even more interestingly, as far as I'm concerned, uterine fibroids, endometriosis, adenomyosis, which I must apologize for mentioning so late, but adenomyosis occurs when the endometriotic tissue is found within the substance of the uterus, not outside the uterus, within the walls of the uterus. That becomes adenomyosis. So, you know, it's quite a story. Mm -hmm. So we were looking at, what were we, lo we were looking, we, we, we wanted to move into treatment, but you wanted to kind of... Yeah we, yeah, we have to um, diagnose. Diagnose. So we're, we're, moved, we're moving on from examination. Mm -hmm. um, investig investigations, well, naturally, apart from your routine hematological, that is the blood investigations, which may or may not be helpful. Um, certainly, ultrasound examination is a key because it will actually help in, one, helping to identify 
um, large deposits if they're there. Smaller ones you might not see on ultrasound exam. Mm -hmm. You may see an ovarian cyst. Um, you may see other organs in this conglomeration of adhesions, you know, in the pelvis, which would give you some idea that th there is something going on here. And of course, laparoscopy, that is, it's the instrument where you insert a tubular instrument, usually in the umbilicus, that is the navel, and have a look around the pelvis to see um, the extent or the any deposits of endometriosis you might see. Sometimes you might be able to remove or destroy some of this tissue. Sometimes it is so bad that it just will guide you to having to open the patient and do an open surgery on the person. Of course, we're not done yet because sometimes there's a microscopic variant. Yeah, we talk about variants these days mm -hmm. of endometriosis because a patient may present with the signs, well, symptoms of endometriosis. They may have pains. You open them, you see nothing. But if you biopsy, take a biopsy from the, pe from the pelvis, the pathologist says your endometriosis. Is there. Mm -hmm. there. So one has to, and this is why it is important that one has to pay attention to the, to the history. Of the patient. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, let me do this before we continue the conversation, reminding you that this talk segment or the portion of this talk segment is brought to you by Evergrow Garden Center. Remember, as Jamaicans, we must continue our efforts to grow what we eat and eat what we grow. And at Evergrow, we are the one-stop shop where you can get everything for your home gardening, your farming, whether it's commercial or small farming, your gardening and your growing needs. You can call them up at 876-906-9916 or 876-906-9160 for details. And yes, Shay, just absorb what you need to this is a whole lot of information we are giving you we are guiding you tonight and we are informing our listeners and giving them some valued information um tonight doc let's continue okay all right so we were looking at diagnosis mm -hmm. yes um have we completed that to move into treatment? Apart from saying that um, if there are symptoms suggestive of um, distant spread, and I know we talk about distant spread when we're talking about cancers, but listen very carefully. Endometriosis behaves like a cancer, but it is not a cancer. So a patient with endometriosis in the stomach, in the lungs, in the head, you may need to do investigations specific for these areas. So let us not forget that. Because if the patient also has endometriosis in the lungs, we need to investigate that too. 
and find the relevant person to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So, um, moving on from um, having made the, di- made the um, diagnosis and your investigations, we would want to look at treatments. And the treatments, again, are going to be dependent on the symptoms the patient's having, as well as um, what the patient is desirous of. Because um, you may very well just want to ease the pains. You may have children. But having said that, um, one, we have to start off, starting off with easing of the pains. We, we would naturally start, we tend to start simple. We, we, we're not going to use a sledgehammer on a thumbtack. So you start with your regular medications that you would normally give for period pain because it does help a lot of these patients and this might be all you need to do. Mm-hmm. You may have to end up using drugs plus or minus surgery. Drugs which are specific for the treatment of endometriosis. And by this we mean hormones. For example, the birth control pill is actually used, you know, mm-hmm. in certain cases. Uh, usually in situations where the pill is given continuously, and I don't want the listeners out there to get into this habit of taking the birth control pill continuously unless under supervision, please. It's a bad idea. What do you mean by continuously? What do you mean? <laughs> Some ladies just don't want to have a period. So oh, so there's no break? No, they don't break. They just keep going. But, 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 Isn't that dangerous? I, I, I don't think it's the best thing to do. And invariably, every now and then, the patient will have what we call breakthrough mm-hmm. bleeding, where they have a bleed. And one can't predict how long it might last. Some will get away with it. While some will have a prolonged bleed, usually having their caregiver stopping the pill until the bleeding settles down and then them can start back. Oh. You're looking perplexed. No, I'm, I'm just thinking <laughs> of something that I saw. There was an ad um, a couple years back because I don't recall seeing it in 2020 maybe in about 2018 or thereabout where they had this pill that you could actually take for like about three months yeah correct 84 <laughs> see me memory not so bad you know <laughs> yes and I I was I was I was thinking when I saw that was it a good idea uh, it depends on what the, for example it, it's one of the um one of the regimens that you may use in some patients with endometriosis mm-hmm. where um, they take four packs of pills continuously, so that's, that's 84. Mm-hmm. They break for seven days and start again. And start again. But this, I, I would recommend only for people who, whose endometriosis is being treated by the oral contraceptive pill. And... Um, and again, under supervision. 
please don't take it on your own. In terms of the in terms of the treatment using the the, the, the birth control pill, does age the women um, age play a factor in you recommending that? If you smoke, smoking is the um, deterrent in that in that regimen. Because remember now, you know, the, yes. And remember too that the the target group for endometriosis doesn't usually get up that high, mm-hmm. you, you know. So, but um, certainly, you know. In fact, if you're a smoker, I don't think you should take on the 84 business at all. <laughs> leave that alone. Yes. Yeah, leave that alone. But of course, we're not done with hormones mm-hmm. because there are other hormones that might be used. Um, the treatment for endometriosis is actually um, quite expensive, even the medications. Um, so there is use for other less expensive preparations. Some colleagues actually may try some patients on the birth control injection because remember now that treating endometriosis, you're basically trying to interrupt estrogen production because estrogens estrogen is a driver so on the depoprovera you stop ovulations no estrogen production there are other preparations which again would be akin to the contraceptive injection because this would be like your progesterone only pill that is also used used also for birth control but not very common in this dispensation you may go on to drugs even more specific for endometriosis. For example, your danazole or danocrine. This is a synthetic male hormone, because as I said before, endometriosis hormones. And what these drugs do is to suppress ovulation, creating a pseudomenopause causes coarsening of the voice, acne formation, can make you miserable, and in some ladies it can, in, it can increase their sex drive. <laughs> that part is not so bad, but the coarseness <laughs> of the voice and what <laughs> and the bad skin, oh no. <laughs> it, it, it may not be so obvious, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Who would want to have sex with you anyway? <laughs> But of course, you have have all of the other problems of the menopause, like the vaginal dryness. So you'll have to pay attention to that. Um, And of course, you have your gonadotrophin-releasing hormone agonists. These are a class of drugs where it blocks the production of estrogens in the body. So it actually produces a pharmacological menopause. Because remember now, Everything about endometriosis is estrogens. Don't forget that. Once you're on the estrogen pathway, turning it up or down will determine whether your endometriosis gets better or worse. So, having said all of that, you can use um, your medications. You may have to do surgery on some patients, um, especially those who may have... uh, chocolate cyst 
that is an endometrioma, a cyst made up of endometriotic tissue. And um, these patients can have all of the complications you could get from any ovarian cyst. So those have to be dealt with surgically. You may have to remove some of the deposits. And even though you cannot or usually do not remove all of the um, endometriotic tissue at surgery, having reduced the, not viral load, the tissue load, the patients sometimes have an increase in fertility and become pregnant mm -hmm. afterwards. So what is the second best option? Because if you notice, I'm coming from the floor. Mm -hmm. And I have spoken about our painkillers, your non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Then you have the drugs specific for endometriosis. That is your hormones, plus or minus surgery. I actually put in my um, second best category of pregnancy because somehow the um, pregnancy, for the want of a better term, helps in the dying out or the regression of some of the endometriotic tissue. The actual absolute treatment for endometriosis is actually not an option. Because the actual absolute treatment of endometriosis is to remove the ovaries, mm. which puts you into the menopause. The DJ Dre knows that. Mm -hmm. So, so it is, it is not, he, he reacted. Yeah, yeah, he's learning. He's yeah. absorbing over there. So, yes. So it's not an option. Although every now and then you have to take a patient's ovaries. You know. I usually try to avoid dodge their surgeries for as long as possible. I mean, these are people who get so sick that the people at work will call you and ask, when is the surgery going to be? Because they have to take them home every month. They're mm. sick for two days. But taking out both ovaries is not, it is not going to be an option because these are women in the reproductive era. I'm glad that you say that because we have um, some other medical practitioner who don't take that into consideration. Yeah, yeah. You can go on castrating so men, I'm, I'm men really, or women. I really commend you for that. But, um, yes. But sometimes you can't. I know when you can. Yes, I know. But when you can. And I remember them too, you know. The, the patients who I, I dodged the limit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You actually remember them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're talking about women who have to take out both ovaries in their early 40s. And early 40s is young. Yeah, it is. It is quite young. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I had my daughter when I was not called no number. Let us not date us. <laughs> yes, yes, so understandable, understandable. Still on treatment, so we're moving up the ladder. We're start, we started off with what we considered to be mild, and then we're kind of moving up in terms of your, your, your painkillers. So we're moving up. Mm -hmm. so we're, we're at surgery now. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, some patients um, or some colleagues may um, do a hysterectomy, plus or minus leaving the ovaries. I, I, I personally don't go that route because um, it is very distressing for the patient to have had surgery and still have the symptoms. And you may very well do hysterectomy on the patient, but the driver is still there. And endometriotic tissue can occur anywhere. Mm-hmm. So as long as the ovaries are on board... You end up getting it somewhere else. You can get pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, in treating the patients who have had removal of their ovaries, in terms of giving them hormone replacement therapy, there is usually a break between taking out the ovaries and starting the hormone replacement. Because if you start the hormone replacement right away, the pain continues because you might have taken the ovaries, but endometriotic tissue is still there. So you have to give a certain amount of time for regression to take place. How long might this regression be? Nine months minimal. Could be a little longer depending on the patient and the extent of disease that they might have had. Mm-hmm. Singles Live on the Nation School at Co97 FM. Reminding you that this talk segment is brought to you by Evergrow Garden Center. When you want it to grow, call the pro. Remember, their friendly staff is ready to help you with everything you need for your beautiful home gardens. You can get your ceramic pot, your seedling trays. You can also get your plants and your seedlings, your fertilizers. They also carry your greenhouse structure and so much more. Remember to like them on their Facebook and Instagram page at Evergrow Garden Center. We are going to take a break and uh, we'll be right back. Cool 97 Radio. Singles Live on the Nation School at School 97 FM. And of course, tonight we're talking about endometriosis. Uh, for those persons who have their questions and you want to ask, you can send me via WhatsApp and that number is 876-345-7246. That's 876-345-7246. And for those persons who are joining us via Mixalar, of course, we are seeing you chit-chatting. Thank you so much. So we're moving on and we were talking about treatments and we were looking at um, surgery. Um, that's where we are, surgery, and um, also the impact on fertility um, in terms of surgery. Yes, uh, patients with um, bad endometriosis will probably benefit um, with surgical intervention in terms of um, their having a successful pregnancy mm-hmm. um, where possible because sometimes there is very little you can do some for, for example endometriosis it's it's staged in four stages 
it might be minimal, it might be mild, it might be moderate, it might be severe. It is unlikely that you're going to get pregnant That's if it's severe. Mm. Uh, the pelvis is said to be what we call frozen, in that you open the patient and you just cannot identify one structure from another in a meaningful way. Because remember now that we must remember that form affects function. And if the form is very bad, function might actually be zero. There's an in inverse relationship between bad form and good function. But um, patients with mild and moderate um, endometriosis do manage to become pregnant. Some of them may have some surgical intervention, and the surgical intervention may be removal of the endometriotic deposits, which reduces the load of um, endometriosis affecting this particular person. So there is, uh, it becomes easier for your body to overcome this overload of cellular tissue, which is your endometriotic tissue. And pregnancy may come about. Because we have to remember that even though in endometriosis the problems are largely mechanical in terms of adhesions in organs. There are many other factors, some even unknown or not yet known, which may play a part in the failure of pregnancy occurring. And just by helping some people to reduce the cellular load, maybe we should say cellular burden mm -hmm. of the condition, they manage to get one through and, and, and get away with a pregnancy. Okay, speaking of pregnancy, so for some divine reason, you have gotten one through and you're not pregnant. No, I don't think it's divine. <laughs> I, I, with, 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 with all respect to divinity. divinity. <laughs> <laughs> but um, by cytoreduction, that is reducing right. the cellular well, load. Yes. You know, yeah, you, but... It, in, it, in, it enhances your chances. And, and so you're not pregnant. Mm -hmm. Does the um, does endometriosis affects you carrying a full-term pregnancy? And Go ahead. Please. Right. Once you're pregnant. Having gotten pregnant, mm -hmm. there is no reason why it shouldn't continue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right? It, it would not inhibit a pregnancy once it has already occurred. Although you will read that um, the incidence, for example, of a miscarriage mm -hmm. is greater in people who have endometriosis than people who don't. Mm -hmm. So it may very well be for other reasons um, why this might be so. Or other reasons related to endometriosis which might not necessarily be directly mechanical why this might not happen. 
other things, of course, uh, you know, it's a bad thing to throw in cancer and pregnancy in the same paragraph. But um, there's a slight increase in ovarian cancer in people who have had endometriosis. Um, not going to be too perturbed about it, but it's something we need to know. And we're not too perturbed about it is in that the incidence of ovarian cancer not that high. The only problem with ovarian cancer is that it usually presents at stage 3, unless by some stroke of luck you are doing an ultrasound exam for something else and it is stumbled upon, or you're inside the abdomen for something else and you stumble upon it, but it usually presents late. And the reason for this is that there is so much space in your abdomen, it has plenty place to hide and carry on unnoticed. You're, I don't like what you're looking at me. <laughs> I am just looking at you, but it's not a bad way. I, I'm like, oh dear, again. Eh? So, yes, so much space for, for, for ovarian cancer to hide. Dre? And, Doc, you're really saying that most of the time when it is detected, it's at stage three? Yeah, most patients present at stage three. Because there's so much space that by the... You see, for, for a cancer to attract your attention, apart from somebody feeling a mass, mass early in a thin person too, it usually is obstructing an organ infiltrating a nerve or bone so you get pain so as long as it's doing none of those things it can be carrying on merrily on its way growing uh, 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 and doesn't trouble anybody and does not alert you to what might be going on mm-hmm. anything else there's another rare cancer that they get with endometriosis Um, it's an adenocarcinoma and again of the uterus and um, again this is as a consequence of overexposure to estrogens Mm -hmm. estrogen seems to be the problem it is the driver and there's nothing you can do about it because estrogen is everything female. Can we look at and um, how it impacts us socially? Yes, it's and it's something that we have to pay attention to, you know. I mean, endometriosis can affect your personality. You're always in pain. You might even feel guilty and wonder why me and not my sisters or my other girlfriends, you know. It may lead to marital disharmony if indeed you're complaining of pains all the time and can't um, be intimate with, with your partner. It can affect you at work because the period pains can be so bad that you have to go home, you vomit, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And even though your employers might be sympathetic initially, if this thing is going on for years, you know, 
you you can't tell how it's gonna play out, you know. You having to go home two, three days every day for five years. So you, you could actually lose your work as a consequence of this. Um, and of course that don't gonna affect the economy. You have this increased number of doctors' visits, investigations, medications. All of these things impact on your economy. And to a greater extent too on the economy of the country because all of these things now have to be imported. As I said, the drugs are expensive, surgery isn't cheap. Um, so it also affects the economy of the country too. Because these drugs have to be imported. You have an increase in your absenteeism from work. Or you may be at work but not be at most work. productive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there, 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 there are a myriad of things which are non-physical, which also is or which is also impacted by endometriosis. And then moving out of the out of the, 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 the social aspect, something that we had touched on is this is, is a psychological mm -hmm. um, aspect of having 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 endometriosis. Mm -hmm. So much is occurring from anxiety to depression. Exactly. So much. The the infertility alone is a problem by itself and then you couple it with all of these other things and what we have to bear in mind you know if you have a union if one person has a condition the union has that condition you know mm -hmm. so it work it works both ways if she's sick the union is sick if he's sick the union is sick and not many people have the strength of character to go through all of that you know no not at all and so therefore not having a, 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 a spouse that is supportive of you um, during that time is added stress mm -hmm. and then for him you not being able to satisfy his emotional and physical needs is another thing again mm -hmm. so the stressors are not only limited to you um, the person with endometriosis but other other members of your house you could be affect your the, the, if you have children it could affect them um, because you you're unable to tend to them especially when they're young children mm -hmm. the way that um, they need to be be cared um, cared for so it is it is it, it, it does affect us um, psychologically it and, does and it might affect you in a situation where it might be artificial in that your partner might actually be coping very well with you, but you're wondering if your partner is. Mm -hmm. And that again plays on your mind. So it affects society. It affects society. Yes, yes, it does. It does. It does. And how you feel about yourself. And for some women who are unable to bear a child, they may end up feeling inadequate, inadequate. Yeah. as a woman. Um, and so, so, so that impacts.
their 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 behavior doc had said some people are maybe end up being very miserable withdrawn mm -hmm. their the, the personality change some people want to just give up on i mean i may not be able to relate to but this happened really and truly just want to give up on life mm -hmm. just want to stay locked in and so different people respond um differently and at different levels so some people may say okay this is how it is this is how i'm going to move on with my life and then you have another individual who don't take it like that mm -hmm. it really affects them and 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 the fear also another thing is if you're in a marriage or in a in a in a stable relationship and you don't have a child or the fear and not only not having a child but not being able to be intimate with your partner the fear of losing that individual yeah. the the person you fear that the person will no longer desire you for whatever reason so it comes with a lot of psychological effects a lot so bearing that in mind and also peeking on the clock on the wall let's see where we're going to go and we, we spoke of how it impact the the, the um the society economically um future for us as women in <clears throat> terms of endometriosis well it's actually a similar argument for almost all of the conditions because we are a young population a population which now suddenly we're having more people in this age group that at, than at any other time in our previous history so we are, are actually running into more patients with endometriosis like many other things as the population begins to age and this is in an area where we're still in the reproductive age group so we're not even aging yet mm -hmm. but this is where we have a large number of people who will age with time and the problems of endometriosis for example ovarian cancer as a result of you having endometriosis, which is which although is very rare, maybe the number might become a little bit more significant if you have more people in that age group. So maybe this is just the tip of the iceberg we're seeing. Uh, <clears throat> Comes on door to education. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to have a knowledge of what is going on and and again, one of the things I stress about um, education, it must be for male and female. Oh, we, we can't have one gender education. Mm -mm. Everybody needs to know about it. It will actually work out better. True that. So, so, so true. So, so true. So, it's on many fronts so to speak um, education health sociology mm -hmm. so I'm just looking across to shape 
Right, before I miss this one, something that we had alluded to prior to um, during the show. And um, Shea 48 says <clears throat> her gynecologist told her that this would that it, it would help if she gave birth. And she said, so I did. <laughs> and they asked her if it did help. And she says, yes, it did. Mm-hmm. But someone is saying, Angie Angel is saying, I think the pain got worse when you have a child. Um, things will vary from patient to patient. The rule of thumb is usually, and I said usually, you usually get less pains mm-hmm. with a birth. But I said usually. Usually. Not in every case. Mm-hmm. So you hear that, Shane? <clears throat> Blessed you are that um, it did help you. It did help you. Anything else that you want to add before we wrap things up in this talk segment? Just to say that um, endometriosis, um, even though we were taught as medical students that it is rare in black people, we have found that this is not so. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I still am. And, and we can't really get a hold of good numbers, you know, because lots of ladies suffer in silence, so they don't even present for you to know that, yeah, we have another lady here with endometriosis. So one can only speculate, but it would appear that this condition is far more common than we have been made to think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not the rare bird that people imagined. Yeah, but but you had spoken of the the, 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 the severity. And so, therefore, if you have, <clears throat> as a woman, if you have very mild symptoms, then you you probably are the, 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 you take some over-the-counter. Is, yeah, exactly. It's a spectrum. Yeah, you just take some over-the-counter medication and say, all right, this is what happened every month. But as soon as it gets from mild to moderate, then to severe and extreme, that is when you start to present further up the scale and you start to come Dr. Hardy are coming to see you (laughs) this for you you know you were told that boy period pain is normal but when you get to the point where you feel some something they say no sir this is not normal yeah yeah some right right all sorts of things you realize (laughs) that no this is this is this is not normal yeah. Uh, so I, I must hasten though to add that not everybody who has period pains have endometriosis. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Remember that mm-hmm. you can have period pains because you have period pains, or for other reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. So yeah. Remember that. So, as I say, the only way you can know is to get that. Um, the professional checkup, <laughs> Dr. Hardy, find an office and <laughs> get the professional checkup because you can't self-diagnose. You can't say for sure. You can only have the professionals um, diagnose correctly and accurately. And when you do that, then you can um, get the necessary treatment, um, if any. If, if any, if any, yes, if any, if any. If there, any. there usually is some, you know. The, it, 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 it is not really a zero issue. Mm-hmm. 
you may not succeed in in um, having a successful pregnancy, but um, you may get a little pain relief. Yeah, for some, for most people though, um, and they were saying um, in the in the chat, it's that the pain. So for for most people, that's the first thing that they want oh, to yes. get rid of. Oh, that's yes. the first thing. <laughs> Me can't deal with this pain. I want to know how to get rid of this pain. Low abdominal pain. Right. The, the, the back pain. All kind of pains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the first order. <laughs> Go, Shay. <laughs> I'll say so. Sheba one, one, three, two, four. Boy, Sheba, how did two come before the three? Maybe I'll say one, two, three, four, five. Then I look good and I realize that it is one, three, two, four, five. She says, doctors overseas tend to diagnose um, it as PID in black women. Yes, and it's racist. Black women have infections, and non-black women don't get infected. Um, I, I won't. I, I will not expand on that in this forum. Mhm, mhm, mhm. But to some extent, she's not incorrect. Okay. Um, Angie Angel it says the pain makes you angry. <laughs> pain can do that. Yes. <laughs> Dr. Hardy, I want to thank you so much for another informative, another interesting, another eye-opening um, conversation. Um, I'm going to call it class, another class on the Nation Schoolest, Coo 97 FM. Um, Thanks for having me. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, many more conversations um, sure. in the near future, soon. Yes, thank you so much, and continue to do what you do. Um, take care, and all the best. You stay safe, and DJ Dre. We are trying our utmost best. Shay 48 principal, she says class time. <laughs> <laughs> and Mara says, to be truthful, I happily welcomed menopause. <laughs> Well, and then that in itself is another whole lot of another 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 case. Different strokes for different yes, folks. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so wanna say thank you so much again to Dr. Hardy. Wanna say thank you to Evergrow Garden Center. When you want it to grow, call the pro. You can call them up at nine zero six nine nine one six or nine zero six nine one six zero. And of course, you can follow us on our Facebook and Instagram pages at Evergrow Garden Center. Join us next week for another talk segment. Cool 97. Radio. Radio.